0: Into the Advent conspiracy mode. Hopefully that got you ready for this. Uh, We're picking up where I left off in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. I end it with verse 7. Last week, picking up in verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be thus signed to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The word has been declared to this earth. Peace has been spoken on this earth. The peace of God has been declared. Just when God said, Let there be light, and darkness had to flee, and the light took over this earth, so peace has been spoken. To this earth. Just as God spoke and said, Let there be trees, and the ground had to release from itself the trees. So God has spoken peace to this earth, and I wanted to encourage you today and challenge you to let the peace of God fill your heart. It has been spoken, it has been declared, and may you receive it today. May you receive the peace of God. I'm so grateful that on Friday night, the women, you receive the peace of God from Michelle as she shared her testimony. Because the peace of God is so important, not just when life is going good. We kind of equate the peace with good times. But the peace of God is so important when things are not going good, when they're not going as planned, when life is difficult, when it is hard. When you want to give up, when you want to throw the towel when you just feel like you've lost all strength, you today can receive the peace of God. And here is the power of the peace of God that when you receive it, you can speak it. And that is exactly what Michelle did in her difficulty, in her battle. She received the peace of God and she began to speak it to our women on, on this past Friday. And I want you to receive the peace of God today so that you can speak it tomorrow at your job. So that you can speak it today at that restaurant where it's overbooked and people are are not happy because they're angry. I want you to have the peace of God today. I want you to receive it so you can walk into that grocery store. You can walk into that department store that is out of that special item and people are frustrated. But you can speak the peace of God today. It's been declared from heaven. And I want you to live it. I want you to give it. I want you to encourage it. That is, This is the reminder of this season to live in the peace of God. People are watching the news. I'm watching the news. It breaks my heart again to think of what took place in Kentucky and Arkansas and Illinois. How, how do you do that? How do you bring comfort how do you even begin to talk to somebody? I don't know how, but this I do know that God has the peace that those, that those counties, that those cities need. They need the peace of God. And we need to just speak it. We need to just open our mouths. And this past Wednesday I was doing a funeral. And I've always embraced funerals in, in my ministry because I always felt like you just need to say what they need to hear. And I know in those moments, we get quiet when somebody's going through a tough time. And sometimes, yeah, you just need to be there to hug them. Yes, absolutely. But I also want to encourage you, just speak peace to people. Even if it's just one sentence, say, I bless you with the peace of God. Or just praying for somebody, your co-worker who's going through a tough time. Pray with them. We want to speak the peace of God. And as I was reading uh, this passage of Scripture and preparing this message, I was thinking about how God did something in this story that challenged me because when I think about giving peace to people, yes, giving peace to those people down in Kentucky and Arkansas. Oh, yes, can I be there for them? I'd love to give them the peace of God. But how about the people who are, you know, they're not in chaos. They're causing chaos. How about the people that are causing pain and suffering? How about those people that are making life difficult? How about those people that are being divisive? Oh, yeah. I don't know about speaking peace to them. I don't know about praying to them. They're they're making life difficult. And God showed us something here. It's just something simple, but it really hit me when I read that verse 8, in that first sentence, and it said, In the same country. And I thought it was so important, and again, it's been neat to kind of just study the story because you just have the whole story in mind. When that phrase, the same country, came into my mind, it just hit me. Lord, the same country. The same country, which was Bethlehem. The same group of people who just denied the Lord Jesus Christ a place of comfort. The same people that were shutting their doors to Mary and Joseph. That same country, God said, I'm going to give you an angelic message. I'm going to give you the privilege of receiving the first announcement of Christ being born. I'm going to give you this this initial announcement that He is here. He is born. He is to be received. The same country. And it's so interesting because that's not how the world works. You know, if somebody does you wrong, you have every right to say what? Goodbye. Good riddance. I was trying to be nice to you. Don't you love it when you're letting people come in uh, when you're driving? You're like, come on in. And they're like, no, no. And you're like, okay. <laughs> not going to do that again. Or at a restaurant. And I can tell you, I'm there. You know, when a restaurant treats you wrong. A few weeks ago, you know, we went. We were able to go to uh, Atlanta. so we were at the airport. And so we were there at Midway Airport. And I said, Tara, I'm not going to take you to Billy Goats to get one of those burgers again. I'm going to get you, we're going to go to one of those nicer restaurants at the airport, honey. We're we're not going to do Billy Goats, so I'm not going to tell you which one. But we went to one of those that looked nicer. And so we're there, and on the menu was this chicken, uh, honey chicken sandwich with jalapeno coleslaw. Now, I'm not a coleslaw fan, but anything with jalapenos, I am in. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you rewarded me for bringing my wife to a nicer place, because I love Billy Goats. And that's cheaper there, but, you know, we're, we're going to go to a nicer place. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, you rewarded me. So I ordered the sandwich, and I took that first bite, and it was cold. And not lukewarm, not like, oh, okay, it's been sitting there a little bit. No, 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 it was cold. And I gave a bite, And, you know, we're the type of people that we don't like to inconvenience people. We really don't. So I'm, like, processing this information. And, I, and when she said it was cold, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this sandwich back. So I go up there, and I first of all, I couldn't get anybody's attention. And, and finally, I got somebody's attention, I'm like, oh, this, this sandwich is cold. And they basically, like, ignored me, like, okay. And I'm like, I saw another worker, and I'm like, this sandwich is cold. And she was like, well, I think it was the coleslaw that made your sandwich cold. And she went back to work. And I'm sitting there with, oh, okay, that's how this is. All right. Now I know it was the coleslaw that made this hot chicken sandwich cold. Okay, you know, I'm not working in the food industry, but something tells me it wasn't just the coleslaw. But, of course, what did I do when I went back to the table? I said, Tara, what did I say? We're never coming back here. We're never coming back to this restaurant at the airport. We're sticking to billy goats that make it fresh right there. But that's how life works, right? Somebody does you wrong. You don't go back to them. You don't offer them peace. You don't offer them comfort. You don't look out for them. But that's not our God. That's not how God functions. God doesn't function that way. He doesn't repay evil for evil. The Word of God says you don't overcome evil with evil, but you overcome it by doing good. I'm so grateful today that God said, Bethlehem, you shut the doors on my father." I'm my my son, and I'm going to open the light to you. I'm so grateful because this world is accustomed that if you want to get rid of something, if you want to come in, and if you want to remove something, because God was coming to remove sin, and this world, if you want to remove something, you do it by force. If If you're trying to conquer something, if you're trying to be victorious, you get your army together, and you attack. You fight for it. But God was doing something different. He was coming up with a different plan, a, a better plan. He was going to not use force. He was going to use his love. Darren, also, Darren and I also love the movie uh, Fiddler on the Roof. And I love this one scene. There's a lot of scenes I, I love it in that, uh, the movie version of it. And uh, in the movie version of Fiddler on the Roof, there's, you know the Jewish brothers are there and they're in the circle and they're talking about the invasion of Germany into their country. And and one of the, the brothers says, well, don't you know the law of Moses? The law of Moses says, an, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The lead character, Rathjevia, says, oh, great, we'll all be blind and toothless. And there's so much truth to that statement that if we live by that rule. If we live by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth will all be hurt. And don't we see that today? Don't we see that all around us? Wherever we turn, wherever we look, there's pain, there's hurt, there's negativity, there's complaining. You know, we're all we're all good at complaining. We're all good at getting on somebody. We're all good at pointing out what's wrong and what needs to be fixed and what that person needs to do and what our country needs to do and what the government needs to do and, and what the city needs to do. It's all around us. We're, we're always pointing the finger. But Jesus wanted to say, I've got, I've got a new plan. I've got something new. You don't have to take each other's eyes out. You don't have to knock each other's teeth out. But you can help one another. You can serve one another. You can be merciful To one another. We can love one another. And I want to encourage you today to love one another. I want to encourage you to let God's love be in your heart. Be determined. I believe God was determined to love Bethlehem. You know, it's interesting because we look at Bethlehem and we always think, oh, what a beautiful city. But that was the city that shut out Jesus. It was the city that said, we don't have room for you. But that was the city that Jesus, that God said, I'm going to give you my love. I'm going to open my doors to you. I want to encourage you today. And so God said, Bethlehem, I'm not going to give you punishment. You've rejected my son. You've closed him out. You wouldn't open the door for a pregnant woman. I mean, who would, if Krista shows up at your door, who's going to say, sorry, Krista, go somewhere else. But that is exactly... That is exactly what Bethlehem did. That's exactly what Bethlehem did. Think about that. And God said, I'm going to give you a gift. And what did God do? God said, I am going to give you the greatest light show, the greatest Christmas light show ever. God was the one who invented Christmas light shows, right? And he had the first one, and he was giving the first one to Bethlehem. Oh, we love Christmas light shows. I love them. And, of course, I really love them now because of Alexandra. She, she loves them. So we, we go to every one we can. We went to the one in Atlanta. We went we went to see the ones downtown. We love driving around the neighborhoods. We, we love this area, seeing the Christmas light show. Not just when they just throw the, the, the lights on the trees, but, man, when they wrap every limb. And you can tell that that took hours and hours. And just the, some of these uh, homes that just have their yards Filled and oh, it's just—it's just so wonderful. But why do these businesses, and counties, and cities? Why do they put all of that effort into these light shows, into these light displays? I mean, come on now—you know, right? You know exactly why they do. They know they're going to make more money by having all of these lights. People, more customers are going to come, and we're going to—we're going to make more money. I'm not saying all their. Uh, desires are evil, but, you know, they know they're going to get something in return. Now, think about God Almighty. He's doing the first Christmas light show, and this is a beautiful, the greatest, as I, in my estimation, the greatest a light show. And what does God do? He goes out and he searches for just a few shepherds in an open field that's Far away from all people, he didn't take it to Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem would have made sense. Why didn't you send that angelic host to Jerusalem, where the priests were there? And you would have, you would have said, "Look, these people, these priests who were going to eventually deny Christ. Look, I'm presenting this heavenly host. Surely they would have to receive Jesus." He didn't send it to Herod's palace. Who would have said, "Oh wow, per, Herod obviously was into the miraculous. He he wanted to." Uh, jesus to perform miracles he wanted john the baptist to do something special wow if god would have just used that better plan and sent that to herod herod would have been like wow this must be the messiah but god chose a few smelly shepherds out in an open field and these shepherds were forgotten individuals they were pushed out by society because they lived outside the city and they had a dirty job because, yes, they were taking care of animals, but they were taking care of the animals that would provide a sacrifice for an individual's sins. It was They were covering up the wrong that they did. So it was a dirty job all the way around. And God said, I want to send the angelic host to them. I want to send it to those shepherds. I want to send it to those smelly guys. The ones that have been forgotten, the ones nobody's thinking about, to those people who have a thankless job. That is a that is the group of people that I'm gonna send this glorious and just extravagant, beautiful display and pronouncement of my son to the earth. That is those guys right there. Go right there, angels, and go right now. That's just like our God. Christmas is a reminder. To remember those people who have been forgotten. Be reminded today. Remember those people who have been forgotten. Of course, do it throughout the year. But this is just a good time to, to remind you to remember those people who have been forgotten. Call that aunt, that uncle, that distant cousin. Call somebody. Maybe you're not sure if they've been forgotten, but if you even think they've been forgotten, think about them. Think about that person that you know doesn't have a lot of family, think about them. Call out to them. Send them a card. Give them a gift. Look for them. Look for those people that don't have family around them. And I'm so grateful to this church, again. It's a privilege in, to, to be a part of this church, which you, you, you have done through the years with the Advent Conspiracy. Because it's not just about remembering those people who have been forgotten. But then it's about giving them something of significance. God didn't just remember the shepherds, but then he said, shepherds, I'm going to give you this beautiful pronouncement that's going to change your life. And so here we have, we're going to put the slide up there. We announced last week that there we're, we're going to be supporting this ministry in Africa, in Kenya. And we're so grateful because we know in this time and season, Uh, With everything that's going around in the world, it's easy to forget that there's still children dying of starvation. Still children dying of clean water. And I'm grateful, my understanding is this church sent and and had a well dug for these children. And now we're going to raise money. And and I'm grateful, even right after, because I announced it just at the end of my sermon, but even after that, we still have people giving already. But here we go. I'm believing we're uh, going to supersede the goal and be able to give a blessing to hope and friendship as well. But the goal for this ministry is to do 22,000, providing three new cabins. If you were here last week, you saw one of the African boys saying, oh, I have never, basically he was excited about living in a tent during that camp time. Well, we're not going to just give him another tent. We're going to give him a cabin. And you get to be a part of that. We get to give him a display of our love. Not just, oh, we remember you, but no, here's how we remember you. So thank you for giving the shear. Thank you for participating in this wonderful display of God's love to those who have been forgotten. And I'm grateful today that we can be used by God. Let me share this important uh, scripture verse with you from Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, verse 13 says, But when you give a banquet, Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And here's 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 this is the norm, right? And this is not a bad thing. And, and um, I laugh because I'm thinking of me and my sister. We have these deals sometimes. My my Tara, I think she laughs at us. I think she might get a little mad at us. But I have these deals. Because sometimes it's like you're just exchanging gifts, right? And so I tell my sister, how about how about this? I don't get you nothing and you won't get me nothing. And we'll just go shopping. And she's like, okay. <laughs> but that's no fun. I get it. That's, that's no fun. But the, the reality is, what is Christmas usually about? You're thinking about getting somebody a gift because you know somebody else is going to get you a gift. But the true meaning of Christmas is not just to give gifts to those who you're going to receive from, but to give a gift to somebody who will never repay you. Those boys aren't going to send us a single dime, a penny, nothing. They're not going to give us anything And so find the great joy in this that we can give a blessing to somebody this Christmas. We can remember the true meaning of Christmas. Yes, enjoy giving gifts to your parents because you're going to receive a gift from them. Yes, enjoy all that. But may this be your greatest joy. May this be your greatest gift of giving a gift to somebody who will never, ever give you a gift. Now let me finish this portion of the story as, as I end this message. Verse, verse uh, 15 says this: So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, "Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us." And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen Him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. God Almighty in His wisdom and in His understanding knew that that angelic host, that that first Christmas light show was not going to be wasted but that those shepherds were going to spread the good news. That those shepherds were going to, first of all, receive it. Remember the priests? They weren't going to receive it. Herod, he didn't want anything to do with it. He could have sent it to Rome, but Rome wasn't going to have it. But he knew that these shepherds were going to receive it. This morning, I pray that you're humbled to receive the message of Jesus Christ. I pray that you're humbled if there's anything that will keep you from getting frustrated this Christmas season, it's humility. And be humble today that you can receive the message of Christ. And may that humility that these shepherds had be upon you. And as you have received it, that you're willing to share it, to give it. Now, I love this this thought here with, with God, you know, coming to these shepherds. Because here was the reality. By Jesus coming to the earth, there was no longer going to be the need for sacrifices. So the sheep business, it was time to pull your stock out of the sheep business because God was coming and getting rid of all the sacrifices. He was coming, the need for people to buy a sheep to be to be offered up for their sins, which this world was had been filled with sin, so sheep were being bought. That was all coming to an end. But I love this idea that God Almighty came to these shepherds, and in my mind, he was saying, guys, I'm closing your business down, but I've got a better job for you. I've got a more more important job for you. You're not going to have to worry about these smelly sheep anymore. You can go and start spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And these shepherds, what did they do? They left it. They left it. And I'm not suggesting that they just forever left the sheep there, but in that moment, they left those sheep to obey God. And we don't know the full story. You know, they were faithful. They were being servants of God. So something tells me they probably got somebody else to come and watch those sheep. But they, they took that message and they began to spread the gospel. They were faithful in keeping those sheep. Those sheep was a, a, a way for people to come to God. Those sheep provided a, an avenue for people to come into the presence of God. And they were faithful to keep that. And I'm so grateful for these shepherds today that they were faithful with those sheep. And they were faithful when they received that message. They were faithful to share that message. May you and I be faithful to share the message of Jesus Christ. May we go from this place sharing the truth of Jesus, sharing the peace of God with all of those, even the ones who in our book don't deserve it. Because those are the ones that need it. The most. I want to encourage you today to be like shepherds who have just received this glorious information. May you be again just a first time believer that has just received the forgiveness of your sins and say, oh, I've got to tell other people about this. I want to take a moment uh, as I come to the close of this year, plan on doing this uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but today I just, I wanted to focus uh, a couple of groups of people, and, and it kind of falls in line with being forgotten and also taking care of the sheep. But I, I want to thank our Wednesday night uh, workers, our Wednesday night volunteers, because sometimes you forget that there's things happening on Wednesday. Of course, here on Sunday, you can see, uh, when you see the kids' workers, I hope you always go down there and say, thank you. Uh, I'm, I, I, I might forget once in a while, I'll try not to forget but let's all try to remember to say thank you to them. You know, you see the greeters. You, you see our usher here, our security team. So just say thank you. But we forget we've got Wednesday night uh, volunteers. And here's our youth leaders. Thank you, Sarah, Kaylin, Courtney, Jimmy, Dale, and Jeremy for serving our youth. And there is a security team, Tony and, and Jimmy. And I think we had uh, one more name on there. Um, was Mark had, had served on Wednesday, Mark Bridgeway. But um, thank you. And then, of course, our Awana, our, those, our leaders are, are there. Thank you, Mike and Shannon, Josh, George, Pam, Rosie, Jessica, Blaine, Wendy, Phil, Gina, Julie, Melani, and Aaron for serving our children, taking care of our kids. Thank you for being shepherds for being faithful with the message. I know you're just one small group here at the church, but I just utilize you today because sometimes we can forget what you do on a Wednesday in in serving. I'm going to invite the worship team to to come at this time. As we come to a close of this message, I'm praying and asking you to be humbled again like the shepherds. The shepherds who were forgotten. The shepherds who were, they knew, they knew, they, they felt the looks. They knew that their job was thankless. They knew that people didn't want to be around them. And yet, when God showed up in their lives, when God came, their lives were never the same. They were willing to leave whatever they needed to leave to follow what God has done. Are you willing to follow God? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to serve God? Are you willing to love Him and serve Him? Are you willing to spread the peace of God to all those around you? Would you stand this morning? And thank you for joining us online. You may want to stand with us. We're going to sing and just let the Word of God now just be solidified